Um, before we get started this morning, I um, want to just take a moment. Um, we're going to be singing uh, Sinner Saved by Grace. Um, but before we get started, you know, I really feel like I need to talk to you a little bit about why one of the reasons why we sing the song and most importantly, one of the reasons why I sing the song, because uh, this song has, over the years, has, um, and especially when we started singing it, has meant more and more to me. So if you'll just bear with me a little bit, I'm going to share a couple of things, and I hope I don't take too much time. But um, in a familiar passage of Scripture, Paul writes in Romans 3, 23, verses 24, We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we are redeemed and justified freely by His grace. In Ephesians 2.8, Paul also wrote that we are saved by grace. Well, I'm one of these sinners who's been saved by grace. I was saved through Christ's sacrifice on the cross. For me, it was totally undeserved. I didn't deserve not one minute of it. I didn't deserve not one drop of blood. I didn't deserve anything that, that God has done or Christ has done in my life. Um, you know, my life certainly has not been one that has, um, deserves grace from God, you know, but despite the fact that I have a whole bunch of weaknesses, I, you know, I am saved over the years. My own walk has not been one that has been pleasing to God. I've failed him on many occasions. You know, God accept, expects us when we accept him to change, you know, and, and I've had countless opportunities to do that, but you know, Obviously, I have you know, I have not done as I should, and I failed on many occasions when I've had the opportunity. I accepted Christ as a 12-year-old after vacation Bible school, growing up at Lennon's Crossroads Baptist Church, and one of the things that, you know, just like any kid. You know, I accepted, I made the walk, and I, and I did feel the Spirit. I honestly believe I felt the Spirit when I changed. But as I grew up, as I became a teenager, as I went off to college and into young adulthood, my life, you know, yeah, I did a whole bunch of things I shouldn't have done. I hung around with, you know, with people that did things that shouldn't be done. And, you know, I just sort of drifted away. I, you know, I guess if it was a... If we're talking about the straight and narrow road, my road certainly has been a winding path. Um, you know, my weaknesses, you know, the stumbling blocks that I've had in my life um, has, really, has really kept me away from God like I should be. Um, the two biggest things that get me in trouble are my temper and my mouth, okay? I have a short temper and a big mouth. And both of them get me in a lot of trouble. I say things I shouldn't say. I get, you know, um, the, sometimes the least little thing that happens that's not significant at all, I blow up at. Um, I, you know, I get mad at TJ, I get mad at D, and I, and I say things a lot of times that I shouldn't say. Because at that point in time, I'm failing God. I'm letting the devil take over, and I'm letting him run my life instead of me doing what I need to do. And that's one of the things, you know, that that I can't, you know, I, I, I've said this to um, TJ before, that my temper is my biggest enemy. 
and my mouth is my, right there at it as being a big enemy. But one of the things I have to say is that the best thing, probably other than uh, marrying TJ and 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 having D come in our lives and and in my family, the next thing in my life that has had probably probably the most profound impact is my church family here. Um, I've been surrounded by Christian men. I've been surrounded by Christian people in Sunday school. I've been surrounded by Christian people in other activities, whether it's, you know, um, singing in the choir or Easter drama or Baptist men or whatever or Sunday school or whatever. And it's, it's that support group that has kept me, you know, kept me focused, so to speak. Whenever I go astray, there's all, it seems always seems to be somebody that's been put in my life that kind of keeps me grounded. Um, to be honest, I believe I'm married to the, one of the um, best Christian role models a man could ever have, and and I'm and I'm fortunate and I'm grateful for that. But you know, the thing is that that I want you to see is this: as we sing the song, I want you to listen to the words, because I'm a sinner saved by grace. That's the only thing I didn't deserve it. I don't think any of us deserves it. It was given to us freely from God. And I just hope as you go through this, as, as we go through the service today, that you'll listen to the message that's going to be said, that's going to be shared. There are a lot of good and powerful messages that are going to be shared today in the service if you'll take the time to listen. Don't do like I've done and come into church and sit there and let something go by. Or let it go in one ear and out the other. You know, we can all hear it, but we all need to make sure we listen to it. And, I, you know, just so as we sing the song, think about the words and think about the message of the song. If you could see what I once was If you could walk with me Back to where I started from I know you would see The miracle of love that took sinner saved by grace I'm just a sinner saved by grace when I stood condemned to death he took my place
how could I boast of anything that I've ever seen or done? How could I dare to claim as mine the victories God has won? Where would I be had God not brought me gently to his place? I'm here to say I'm nothing but an old sinner saved by grace. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. When I stood condemned to death, he Good morning. Welcome to Teresa Baptist Church. We pray your heart and spirit has already been touched this morning, and I think it already has. So please get up and welcome everyone and greet those who are visiting with us and shake hands. Thank you. For our announcements this morning, um, 
We have received uh, thank you cards from Janet Gentry from, for the uh, Myra Gill family. We also received thank you cards from Bobby Wood in the death of his brother. Also want to announce that uh, we have biscuits in the uh, fellowship hall. We had the Baptist men's breakfast yesterday. We had some biscuits and other things left over, so they made biscuits. And uh, we're not going to give them away. We're asking for donations for the biscuits this morning, and the donation will go to the RAs and the GAs. Please read your bulletin for all these many, many announcements. I'm not going to take time to go over them all here, but there are many regarding Bible studies, uh, prayer times, and that is the most important thing we do, folks, by all means. Um, do want to mention something a little different in the back of your bulletin. Uh, it talks about the RAs, GAs, and mission friends are collecting donations to assist with supplies for Norm and Debbie Canada's mission assistant dog called Paca. This is something they took up uh, the, uh, last year and uh, assisted with purchasing a dog to help underprivileged children in a church up in West Virginia that we've been ministering to. But uh, please read that, and the children will have a jar set up with their child's pet on it, and you vote by placing a donation in that jar in the fellowship hall. It's just a real fun thing for donations these kids are doing. While I'm talking about kids, I want to point something out. The congregation cannot see this, and I didn't, I didn't have nothing to do with it. But this is Baptist Men's Day, and we just had three grown men up here testifying and singing about the Lord. There are three very small young men on the front row who were taking it all in. And I thought to myself, Lord, what a witness. If that ain't what it's all about, we're missing it, you know. And... Uh, I just happened to notice that, and the choir knows what I'm talking about. They just noticed it, too. But uh, we're grateful this morning for what the Baptist men are doing. Please be in prayer for them as they uh, sing and act and, and do all the things we pray the Lord has led them to do. It's a little bit crazy. It's on the light side this morning. This is not our usual Sunday morning. If you're visiting here, this is not what we do every Sunday morning. So please come back again next week, and you get the more routine. But... Uh, we thank the Lord for what the Baptist men are doing and pray that they will be uh, a blessing to us all today. There's also a statement in your bulletin about um, contributions, uh, year-end statement for tax purposes. If you have any questions on that, uh, please um, see Fran Clayton, our church secretary. And I'm sure there's probably something I'm leaving out. If there is, just please let me know. Let us go uh, to the Lord now in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your example through Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, that he has come and sacrificed his life and his blood as an example for all. Lord, it doesn't have anything to do with men and women. It has everything to do with all of us being sinners before you. And that a price has to be paid and through your grace. Lord, you have provided a way that we can have fellowship and have salvation to you. And we thank you for that gift. And we thank you for your blessings upon this church. We pray, Lord, that we will be your witness in this world. And just lead us and guide us, Lord, by your Holy Spirit. And lead us and guide us by your word that we teach and we preach. And, Lord, help us to listen and absorb it for all the things that you're doing. And we just lift you up and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. At this time, we'll have a hymn of praise, number 453, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms. So stand and sing.
We always like to uh, introduce babies when they're brought for the first time. Alan and Allison Satterfield have their uh, daughter, Brantley Claire, that was born on December the 20th. And if you guys don't mind standing and letting everybody who hadn't seen Brantley, uh, where they, they were, there they are. All right. Oh, boy, I'm telling you. Alan and Allison, you got a beautiful daughter. And, Alan, I tell you, uh, the key to raising daughters is lock them up until about 30, all right? <laughs> this morning, Chris Yarborough is going to lead us in a prayer, but we have got so many people to remember on our prayer list and uh, this, this whole sheet, so bear with me. But we need to remember all of these folks in prayer, okay? Uh, people that are going to be having surgeries, and some of these will be outpatient procedures that will be done in doctor's office this week, but we want to remember these folks. Kevin Carver and Edna Clayton will both have surgeries Tuesday at Person Memorial. We've been asked to remember Linda Keats, who will have surgery at North Carolina Memorial on Tuesday also. And please remember Beth Ann Lewis and Mary Alice Clayton, who will have outpatient procedures done at doctor's offices. People that are still in the hospital today, please remember Franklin Briggs at Person Memorial. Franklin had surgery on Thursday. And the family asked me, they're not trying to discourage you from visiting, but Franklin has an infection. And if you go to visit him, you'll have to put on a gown and gloves, and they just want you to be aware of that in the event that you do come there. Okay. Uh, at Durham Regional, please remember Ailey's Clayton, who was admitted uh, Friday night. John Wren is in North Carolina Memorial. Uh, Boogie, Edward Boogie Carver is in the emergency room this morning at Person Memorial. Please remember Reverend Bob Baynard, who is at the VA hospital, who was admitted yesterday. Uh, a number of folks had surgeries this past week, and they're back at home, surgeries and procedures. Gary Clark, Ronnie Garrett, Colin White, Tanya Dunn, Deborah Brown, Tommy Warren, Bonnie Robertson. And also, we want to congratulate uh, Allison and um, Tyler Solomon. This is the daughter of Jeff Norman. She gave birth Thursday to an 8-pound, 4-ounce boy at Durham Regional, and they have named the baby Gavin Michael. Please remember these folks that are at home. Sammy Brandon, who was in Wake Med this week overnight. Dot Coates, who was in Cambridge Hills, has gone home. Please also at home remember Gary Clayton, Linda Duncan, Alice Phelps, Ed Davis, Catherine Garrett, Linda Hatcher, Lee Hall, William Jordan, Virginia Lunsford, Patricia Parham, Larry Thorn Thornburg, Matthew Thornburg, and Lisa Brooks. And two families that we want to remember that had deaths this past week, uh, the Elizabeth Scarinity family. This lady lived in Virginia. This is the sister-in-law of Betty Bray. And also we've been asked to remember the James Sonny Solomon family in prayer. He died on Friday. Uh, many of you remember uh, Michael uh, and Jeannie Harris. It's a stand and um, Linda Harris's son and daughter-in-law. It, it is Jeannie's father. And they'll have visitation tonight from 6, and six until 7.30 at Brooks and White. And then the funeral will be tomorrow at 2 o'clock at the Lebanon Christian Church in Samora. Chris Yarbrough is going to come down and lead us in prayer.
Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for this day to be back in your house to worship and praise you, dear Lord. And we're so grateful to these men that are willing to hold this service this morning, dear Lord. And we just pray that the songs that are sung and the uh, things that are said in testimony or, or the skit that will be uh, coming up pretty soon, dear Lord, we just pray that any of that's done this morning will bring someone to know you. And dear Lord, we do pray for the sick this morning. We pray that you will place your healing hands upon them and help them through this time of pain. We just pray that you will comfort them as only you know how, dear Lord. And also be with those who have lost loved ones this week and just uh, help them through this time of grief. And dear Lord, we just uh, pray that you will go with us and lead God in directions this week. And, um, and dear Lord, as we pray the prayer that you taught us how to pray, our Father, Lord in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Know us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, and the power and glory, forever and ever. Amen. And the verse of the month comes from Hebrews 12, 2. Let's all say this together. Let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, on whom our faith depends from beginning to end. He did not give up because of the cross. On the contrary, because of the joy that was waiting for him, he thought nothing of the disgrace of dying on the cross, and he is now seated at the right side of God's throne. Now I'm going to call the RAs up to take up the morning's office. And Tracy Long will lead us in prayer. Good morning. Let us pray. Good morning, Father. Dear Lord, as we come into the house of worship this morning... Dear Lord, we pause to give thanks for the many blessings that you have given us. Dear Lord, just for the help to get up this morning and come out on school morning, the Lord, as we come to hear and learn more about that word. Dear Lord, we've already been touched this morning in song. Dear Lord, to know that we are sinners saved by grace. Dear Lord, now as we have the opportunity to give back to you a portion in which you have blessed us with. Dear Lord, we know that you do not need this money, but dear Lord, you have commanded us to give back to you a portion of which you have, we have received. We ask the Lord now that we will not give in vain, but we have open hearts, and the Lord, this money will be used to build up the mighty kingdom. In the Lord's name we pray. Amen.
Welcome to Baptist Men's Day at Theresa Baptist Church in 2012. Good morning, and let us begin in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you today to uh, thank you for allowing us to be here in your house to worship today. We want to pray for the soldiers overseas, the ones that are far away from home, away from their families at this time. Lord, be with the sick and the suffering, those that have lost loved ones. Uh, Lord, just be with us this morning as our group puts on this skit today. Let us take it. Let us lead us in a new way of doing things and teach us what we need to know and further our kingdom, further your kingdom in you. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Our skit today is meant to remind us all of the power the tongue has to promote both good or evil. Remember James 1.26 says, If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is in vain. Though our skit tries to be humorous, its message is meant to be very serious. A loose tongue can be, a danger, can be as dangerous as a loose candle. Well, folks, another year has passed, and we again visit Mayberry, where we find Andy and Barney in another one of their profound discussions. Barney, you know, I was just thinking the other day, what's probably the world's most dangerous weapon? It's got to be the old H-bomb. Barn, I don't know about that. I believe the world's most damaging weapon is small enough to carry around in your pocket. In my pocket? Yeah, in your pocket. Only in my pocket is my bullet. Oh, that's not what I'm talking about, Barn. It's small enough to fit in your pocket, but actually it fits in your mouth. Andy, I know some people bite and scratch when they fight, but teeth ain't much of a weapon unless you're old McAllister's dog. I hate that dog. No, no, Barn, not teeth, not teeth. I'm talking about the tongue, the tongue, Barn. Now, I've had quite a few tongue lashes in my life, a couple by you. But, you know, they never did anything but hurt my feelings. Well, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Just think about it, Barn. There are over six billion, billion people in the world, and that many tongues. Just think, each day, suppose one of us said something hurtful. Over six billion hurtful things being said each and every day. Think about how much hurt that would be, Barn. The tongue can lead to a spat, to a divorce, a family feud, a church feud. It can even lead to an uprising or war. I guess you're right. Say, Andy, you remember Irish Carscow from high school? Well, I don't mean to gossip or none, but I heard that uh, she was about to have a baby, and she ain't even married. Oh, wait, wait, Barn, wait just a minute, Barn. Don't go spreading that story all over town. Why not, Andy? Goober said that Gomer said that Irish Carcow might have trouble giving birth. Well, I happened to be at Floyd's barbershop when Doc Adams, you know, the veterinarian, he left Floyd's and said that he had to go out to Mr. Ira Carr's place to tend to Ira Carr's cow. Ira Carr's cow, Barn. He thinks that she's going to have twins. You need to get your story straight before you start telling something, Barn. 1 Peter 3, verse 10 tells us, For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain, refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak and no, and no guile. Yet every day most of us speak at least a little evil and think nothing of it, probably not even considering it evil. But we should remember, anything we do that displeases God is sin. Anything we say that displeases God is evil. Hey, 
Hey, Barney. Now, I, you, you, you have not made up my bed. I will, I will, I will have you know that I am a tax-paying citizen. A, a citizen. I pay taxes in this county, <laughs> and, and you are an imp. An imp. You work for this county, so that means you work for me. Now, you better make up my bed, or I'll tell the mayor on you. Why, you look... Whoop, whoop, whoop. Wait a minute, Barn. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me handle this, okay? Barney, before you say something you might regret, Otis is a little hungover today. Otis, would you agree with that? Yeah, maybe a little bit. And he's a, a mite cranky also. Now, Otis, you just make up your own bed, or you can go back home, and you can tell Mrs. Campbell to make up your bed. So which will it be, Otis? You make it up, or you go home to Miss Campbell? I'm fine, I'll make up my own bed. Sorry, help we got in this county. I, I, need, I need a pillow. <laughs> That's not in the script. <laughs> Sammy Jones is the, we're going around bragging that he's a big old bully, and you know, I'm gonna hit him in his nose when I'm gonna do. Wait a minute, Opie, just hold your horses. I thought you and Sammy was best buds. Ain't nobody of mine. He's going around bragging, and the thing he did, he's saying to Peggy Sue how strong he is, and how he beat me in basketball. I'm gonna beat him on his nose when I'm gonna do. Opie, Opie, boy, ever since you grew that facial hair, you just got real now just, just, just hush up now. Look, me and Barn was just talking about hired tongues can cause so much trouble, and son, it's about to get you in a whole lot of trouble with me, yo pop. Now you, you come a running in here and a running your tongue, bad mouthing your best buddy, and not even saying howdy do or nothing to 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 each one of us. We're your elders, and and I want you to go back out that door. I want you to come back in. I want you to be calm, collected, and I want you to act like my youngin ought to act. Now you go back out and you come back oh, on in. Okay, Paul. Go on now. Go on now, boy. Watch this. My son, he's going to be right this time. Good morning, everyone. I still think that Sammy Jones bullet, and I still want to hit him in the nose. Oh, oh. <laughs> son, did you ever stop to think where Sammy Jones comes from? Now, just think about this, son. Sammy Jones comes from a rundown house at the edge of town. And, and his dad, his dad is seldom at home, Opie, and they don't have much. Perhaps all that Sammy's got is his pride. And maybe you ought to cut him some slack, and you ought to keep on being his friend. I'm sure that Sammy needs a friend, Oak, and you can be that friend. Well, okay, Paul, well, I'll try. Hey, hey, Barney, did you put a rock in my bed? No, Otis, you probably land on that bottle of yours. It's in your back pocket. Uh, Sheriff, Sheriff, Andy, 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 you know what you told me? You remember what you told me, Sheriff? You said if I kept both my eyes open and I didn't throw no more rocks and I ain't got no rock on me this morning, you might make me an honorary deputy. And I've done exactly that. I'm going to tell you that, Rafe Hoster, uh, Rafe Hoster, he's making moonshine again, Sheriff. He's making it. 
Now, Ernest T., that's a pretty strong accusation because Rafe promised me he wouldn't make any more moonshine and he's been coming to church and he's even been singing in our men's choir. You think just because he sings in the men's choir somebody can't do nothing wrong, Sheriff? Well, let me tell you one thing. I know that crowd singing in our men's choir at our church. They don't do nothing wrong. They, and you know what? They're so sweet, all their wives call them Dixie Crystal. <laughs> what? what? Sheriff? making moonshine. Cause Sheriff, I seen that little house out back and it ain't that one. It's the other one he's got back there. I seen the chimney and smoke coming out of it. It ain't nowhere near cold enough to be having no fire. He's got a fire under that still in there. He's Ernest making moonshine. T, Ernest T, Ernest T, have you ever heard of a smokehouse? Rafe was probably adding a little hickory smoke flavor to his hands. Don't go making accusations before you get to the whole story. We've been talking, me and Barney have been talking about what a loose cunt tongue. <laughs> Easy for you to say, yeah. Uh, a loose tongue can cause. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Gomer, you looking lower than a snake's belly in a wagon rut. What's got you so down and out? What's the matter? Don't more like what ain't the matter. Well, tell us what's wrong for Pete's sake. Well, Wally, you know, down at the station, he's mad because I put gas in the water tank of Stan Cruz's motorhome. <laughs> and he says some right couple things to me. Like what, Gum? Like, you're fired. <laughs> for one thing, but that ain't all. On the way over here, I tried to get Miss Mason's cat down out of a tree. Trying to do the right thing, you know. I climbed up on that in that tree and got on that branch where that cat was. And by the time I got there, the branch just fell. And me and that tree, me and that cat, we'd have come falling down. And we fell right on top of her snowball bush. And you know how she loved her snowball bush. But it's just as flat now as it can be. And, and the cat sit to that. And I got a knot on my head. And I was feeling a little wobbly. So when I drove up, I, I, I scraped Barney's patrol car, and I ran up on the curb, and I, and I hit the, the, the meter as I was parking. Dylan Paul, you beat all. You know that. You better watch that old tongue, Barney. You might say something you regret. <laughs> You're so right, Ernest T. Now is the time for some words of comfort to Goma. Goma, I'm sure that when Wiley cools off, and he will, he'll want you to come on back to work. No one else will put up with him like you do. And let's hope Ms. Mason's cat will be okay. It just probably needs a cat skin. <laughs> and you don't seem to be so busy right now. So maybe your head will be okay. You can fix the scratch on the patrol car yourself down at the shop. And nobody has paid any attention to that parking meter in months. Gomer, I assure you everything, everything will work out. Everything's going to be okay. <laughs> Shazam, Andy, I feel better already. You see there, Barney, five Mr. Big Britches, Andy's have made Gomer feel better. The tongue can be used something for something good if you just let it. Well, you just hush up. You beat all that. You know that, every, Steve. You know everything. Controlling a loose tongue is harder than controlling a team of wild horses or breaking any bad habit. First, we have to want to do it. Then we have to practice daily. The Lord will help us with that if we ask him and then let him.
I bet you didn't know, you didn't realize you'd see Shakespearean quality theater this morning, did you? You will watch entertainment tomorrow night and there will be the reviews on there, I'm sure. Uh, you know, after Steve spoke this morning and then forgiven, saying, I leaned over and I told Wesley, I said, you know, we just have a benediction and go home. Uh, to, that was pretty powerful for me. Uh, and Steve said something that, that really rings true about these men. If you hang around them, they're a support group. These men in my Sunday school class are my support group, and I thank God for them every day. Now, last fall, last fall in our Sunday school lesson, we talked a little bit for a few Sundays about the need for a testimony. Now, everybody should have a testimony. How else are you going to, to tell the world about Jesus Christ if you don't have a testimony? Now, I realize that not all testimonies are, are, are colorful. Some are just plain. And you might say, well, you know, there's really not much to mine. Well, let me tell you something. If you think there's not much to Jesus Christ saving you, brother, you need to rethink your salvation. This morning, this morning, one of the men in my class approached me. Uh, back in early December, and he said, you know, he said, God's talking to me. He said, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but I've got a pretty good idea. He said, I feel like I really need to give my testimony. And so uh, he's been praying about it. I've been praying about it. My class prayed about it for several Sundays as an anonymous request. And this morning, Stan Cruz would like to come and share his testimony with you. And when he's through, Herbert, the service is yours. Good morning. Um, those who don't know me, I'm Stan Cruz. Uh, when Tim started talking about it, you know, a couple of months ago, it, it really hit me that, that I had told God a while back that if he would help me with some things that I would, I would stand up in front of him and tell him, tell everyone that he's the reason that I've changed. And so here I am today. You know, I was baptized when I was about 11 years old at Providence Baptist Church. And had the, the standard, you know, going to church with my mom and dad and my family every Sunday. And made it through high school and into college. And got out of college and came back to work here in Person County. And, you know, I didn't realize that being a Christian was anything more than, to me, it was a one-hour-a-week deal. I gave God the hour from 10, 30, 11 o'clock to 12. And the rest of the week was mine, you know. I think that I probably thought I was invisible the rest of the time to God, but it was more like I was putting God out of my life for everything but that one hour. As, you know, my life went on, I ended up getting married. And, and you know, I was a bad husband. I, I, I ended up having my daughter, Kate, who has been the biggest blessing to me. Um, I didn't realize through my selfishness the things that I was doing in my marriage that would end up hurting the one person that I love the most, my daughter. But, you know, when Beth and I agreed to get divorced, you know, I, I just didn't see what I was doing to my life. I didn't see anything about where I was as a person or where I was in church. The, uh, when, when, when the divorce started and we became separated, I had to spend more time with Kate. Well... I didn't know how to be a father. Um, but luckily, God gave me Kate. 
and right after the uh, separation, there was a song on the radio called Watching You by Rodney Atkins. And in the song, the dad asked the son, where did you learn to cuss like that? And he goes, from watching you, Dad. And where did you learn to pray like that? He goes, from watching you, Dad. Well, you see, I started realizing then I didn't want Kate to learn from me. I was being a Christian when she was around, and I was being a Christian when I came here, but I wasn't being a Christian other parts of my life. Uh, so I talked to Herbert that I knew I needed to get more involved in church, and I needed Kate more involved in church. And Herbert said that Tracy Long was going to start up the RAs. Well, I thought that'd be great. Kate and I'd be here on Wednesday nights. So Kate went to Mission Friends, and Tracy and I started RAs. And, 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 and if you brought your kids to RAs or GAs, they've been a true blessing to me, and I thank you. I hope we've taught them something along the way and had some fun. The, uh, the next thing that happened is I went to Sunday school. Herbert led me down to men's one. And, and what you've heard about men's one from Tim is probably an understatement to the support I received. Um, these guys have been amazing to me and have accepted me and taught me. And, and they've taught me more by examples of what they did than what they said. Well, through the Sunday school class, they started talking about going to Canada. Well, you know, that sounded like a good idea. I didn't realize that Canada was going to be the next step in changing me. Uh, we got, I got to ride up to Canada with Linwood and Tim and Craig. and It's amazing when men are just, there's just nobody there but us. and You can share things. And it's amazing how much you'll come to religion when Linwood's driving down the road at 80 miles an hour on a snow-covered road. <laughs> But up there in Canada, they have ice pellets. They don't have sleet. They have ice pellets. We cooked a, uh, uh, chili beans one day in the motorhome, and it, it was just something that was really special to me. The men shared about different things. It was nothing but men in there. And it's a, a bowl, a pot of chili beans that can never be replaced in my life. It's just always be special to me. But then the other thing that, uh, other than the, I have a lot of memories of Canada, but one of the other memories is coming home. We stop at a, I think it was a Chili's or an Applebee's for supper that night. And we said the blessing. And, and while we said the blessing, someone at a table around us noticed we said the blessing. And that led to a discussion between Craig and Linwood and Tim and I about that we were always being a witness for God. No matter what we were doing, we were being an example for God. <laughs> And that got me to thinking about those other six days that I wasn't with Kate or I wasn't here at church. What was I doing? And I started changing a little bit, but I didn't change a lot. Um, I didn't realize that drinking had been as big a part of my life as it had been. And uh, about two years ago, Christmas, God started laying on my heart that I had to quit drinking. Yeah, I didn't think I had a problem, but, you know, in preparing for this testimony, when you go back to the problems in my marriage, a lot of the problems in my life, about every one of them, there was some drinking involved. So about 1 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday night Memorial weekend, be two years this year, I told God that if he would take the alcohol out of my life, 
that I'd stand up here and tell you about it. You know, I still make a lot of mistakes, and a lot of my prayers still start with, I'm sorry, God. But, you know, through my Sunday school class, and especially my daughter Kate, I've learned a lot about being a Christian. And the more I learn, I find out I've still got a long ways to go. So just, you know, the one thing that I would ask you to take away is that in all my trials and tribulations, I can always remember that God never gave up on me. And, you know, and I, and I hope that he'll continue to love me and take care of me. And I hope that, you know, when my life is gone, that everybody will think that I was a God-fearing man. Thank you.
Almighty and gracious loving Heavenly Father. Lord, we thank you for your presence here today. Lord, we have felt it. Lord, we want to go out from this church and bring the lost to you. Lord, just give us the strength to. Lord, thank you for the men and the program we've seen today. Lord, control our tongues. Let us show love and not hatred. All these things we ask in your Son, name Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.